Hello, everyone. This is Dave Warner with Small Town Life, and today's interview is with Nancy Lou Webster, which was originally done in 2008. You'll have to excuse the fact that neither myself nor Nancy Lou were mic'd up, so you hear her tools in some cases a lot louder than the voice, especially in the beginning. However, this interview was the inspiration for a series of interviews that I'll now be doing called Character Lines. Having casual conversations with our oldest citizens as they talk about growing up, what life used to be like, and how they've made it so far. Since this was the first, I figured everyone would be more patient with the sound quality. Enjoy, because Nancy Lou is one old goat. If you listen closely, you can hear me taking pictures in the background, and those images are in the story that I wrote to accompany this podcast. What is your most vivid memory of growing up in this area? I didn't grow up in this area. Uh, I grew up in Mississippi, and uh, I have uh, all kinds of uh, vivid uh, memory impressions, and uh, uh, some of them are rather comical in that um, uh, this uh, was a very small, very small town in Mississippi, and uh, back 70-something years ago, you had uh, uh, you had a, a totally different type culture than you have today. And uh, I uh, had uh, folks in our, in our house that were uh, cooks, nurses, caretakers of all kinds, and they uh, didn't exactly know what to do with uh, a very honorary only child, and I uh, enjoyed their children coming in playing with them. <laughs> I can remember getting a sound whipping uh, from my my black nurse because uh, she had, had to bring the daughter to, uh, to the house for the, that particular day. And uh, I had been given a, uh, what you call a sucker or a lollipop, something like that. And I went, I went outside and found, uh, uh, they fall, and found the uh, found the little girl and I said, you want to share the lollipop with me? <laughs> I, was, I, was about, I was about six years old and, uh, and when that black woman came out of that house, uh, I was on one side of the lollipop and her daughter was on the other side of the lollipop and our tongues were just going, <laughs> we both got a whooping. <laughs> in uh, a very small little thing. And uh, another one of my vivid uh, Im- impressions was that um, there was cotton fields uh, all around all around our house. Uh, good afternoon. May I help you? 
Enjoy the store, and if there's anything I can help you with, let me know. See how see how interesting that when you just when you just let the saw flow with it. Uh, yeah, because you really don't know just exactly where it's going to go. Uh, but uh, uh, the 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 uh, the auditory uh, memories are still uh, very uh, vivid in my mind because uh, the the uh, African Americans would be uh, literally picking cotton in the fields, you know, pulling those big cotton sacks. Uh, but I, I would hear them yeah, talking with each other, and I could not understand what they were saying because they have a total language uh, uh, <laughs> that, uh, uh, that, that, that is it's not something that you and I can understand. And I, I would hear them um, uh, 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 singing, uh, and the and the and the and the words that they used didn't uh, uh, didn't come across as comprehensible knowledge to me. But they were absolutely gorgeous as far as their melodic uh, uh, sounds were concerned, and all that kind of stuff. What do you miss most about those early days? Nothing. <laughs> Every day with me is a brand new world, and I'm ready to meet it. <laughs> oh, God. I don't have one moment of regret. <laughs> uh, what about your family? What were they like? Uh, my father was a, a, a very quiet uh, thoughtful uh, and um, deliberate individual, and uh, my mother was a an absolute character that <laughs> that uh, that that <laughs> probably caused more trouble than she was ever worth. And uh, being an only child, um, I, I basically had to live in an adult world. Uh, which didn't really hurt hurt me at all. I don't suppose, but it um, uh, when I would when I would do my craft and stuff because it's very messy. Uh, I learned how to sand and to carve in my in my bedroom with a towel in my lap, and uh, so I can still go to meetings and. <laughs> And uh, and not leave a mess on the floor, <laughs> and entertain myself so that I won't get into that. any trouble. <laughs> of all that you've achieved over the course of your lifetime, what are you most proud of? That I can actually be a true and realistic friend to people uh, if they allow me that privilege. It's uh, uh but um, but if you can. Uh, if you can uh, uh, relate to individuals and and truly uh, feel that for any reason at any time of day or night uh, they can pick up the phone and just pour their heart out, uh, you've accomplished something. And and to me that. Uh, that's my, that's my most treasured possession is uh, uh, relationship with people.
and a lot of folks around here wouldn't believe that. <laughs> but most folks don't want you to get that close to them either. <laughs> that they that they'd know that. <laughs> because I listen when you when you're talking to me, and uh, and I probably am gonna remember it. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one that makes a mess on the floor. Well, it uh, it's time-consuming and kind of like a cat eating on a rock, but if you just let it go ahead and do its thing, it will. What's uh, one thing that people don't know about you? <laughs> that I can actually be nice. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. A lot of people know that. A lot of people know that. I'm... Uh, Dave, I'm pretty much an open book. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that I can think of anything that folks don't know about me. <laughs> That's always a probing question. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm, I'm too much of a blabbermouth for them not to know just about everything. Tell me about the hard times. About hard times? Uh, I suppose that, um, that you would have to say during uh, the decline of my of my mother's health, and uh, I had promised myself that I was not going to uh, put her in a nursing home or uh, subject her to uh, 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 any kind of uh, uh, mental or emotional discomfort if I could keep from it. And uh, the dear old drunk lived. For uh, until she was 96 years old, and I uh, uh, brought her into our home uh, about 12 years before her death, and literally uh, would uh, uh, check the clock, look at the time, say, "Y'all, I got to leave this meeting. I got to run home and see about Ouija," and I would uh, go back and forth from Elgin to. Uh, to the house at least five or six times a day and ran uh, probably five or six loads of clothes and uh, at the at the moment of her death she did not have one bed sore on her and she had been bedridden for probably four years Uh, she had lost enough weight to where I had the capability of being able to put a towel under her back Um, and have her swing her legs off the side of the bed, and then I could uh, uh, grab by uh, putting my knees against the the, uh, the bed uh, and pick her up and put her in her wheelchair, and so I could maneuver her around mm-hmm. so that she could sit up to eat her meals and and that kind of thing. But um, uh, those that that was a that was a tough emotional time because uh, she could carry on uh, an exceedingly articulate uh, conversation with you. Uh, in fact, when uh, at the moment of death, she was sitting with me in the family room watching the Cowboys football game and had been discussing it with me. So she was... <laughs> and she just... Yeah, and she just went. I mean, and I I think that was an answered prayer blessing uh, because because, uh, I I really didn't want her to have to watch her suffer. Uh, And 
so that probably is the. <laughs> but 30 minutes later, I was having a ball with it all because you stop and think the woman lived a, uh, a very productive life, even though she was an alcoholic, um, uh, uh, until she was 96 years old. And uh, when the uh, uh, I, I called, uh, it was about 8:30 in the evening. I called all three of the children, and they lived you know, within five, ten minutes of the house. Uh, fielder lives 30 minutes away. And uh, then I called uh, the minister, and she was that lives right out of Cedar Hill, so she was there in five minutes. And then I called the uh, 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 the funeral home and, they, uh, and 911 so that they could call the coroner. And... Uh, <laughs> We, I had been working on uh, 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 the paintings for the uh, for the store, uh, for the fan poles, and so uh, uh, Ouija had been sitting there in the wheelchair, and so I didn't even move her. I just left her sitting in the wheelchair, and uh, uh, Nan came in. Uh, uh, the uh, the funeral home director came in. The the coroner and the young cop came in, and we. Uh, uh, he, he was trying to fill, and we had all the children and Bill in there. We were trying to fill out the paperwork right there in, the, in on the kitchen counter, and uh, and uh, uh, the funeral director kept saying, "And she died of natural causes." And and the the, the young man kept the co- young cops kept saying, "I need to go into her bedroom. I need to go into Mrs. Hunter's bedroom." I said, well, you're welcome to, son. I'll be glad to take you back there. I said, but you just walked by the dead lady. <laughs> that poor young man, just, he just literally went up in shivers. He, he, I thought he would just go crater right there. No, he didn't know because we were all sitting right around her and we hadn't moved the wheelchair or Ouija. <laughs> saw some old woman take So <laughs> even in her passing, she, you know, had a sense of she humor. Was, that's too much. <laughs> oh, God. We just absolutely could not contain ourselves from laughing at that poor little old cop. <laughs> he just, well, I, I, I just, I, he was just totally speechless. <laughs> I said, well, he had stories for his friends after that. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, he. I, I don't. I'm sure that unnerved him totally and completely because she was just sitting there, just you know, she was just gone. <laughs> um, everybody talks about the good old days. I mean. Were the good old days really that good when you think about them in comparison to? Heck no. <laughs> I mean, that's, what's, that's typically what old folks yeah. say. Well, you know, you remember the good old no, days. No, that's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> 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 if you can't make today a good day, then then why do you think one uh, the day before or 20 years ago were good old days? No, you have to make every day something worthwhile and if you can't do that y'all to just quit breathing <laughs> <laughs> well you know we've got we've got 
enough people that run around with their little misery jackets on, and I just don't have the time of day for them. I mean, I'll stand there and listen to you for a little while, but, you know, don't. Just go do something constructive. Don't give me all of this wine and stuff. I don't need it. <laughs> and no such thing as good old days. Yeah. Is there a piece of advice that you would pass on that if you could pass it on to the whole next generation, what would it be? Live every, every, every day and every, every moment to the point that you are just so worn out and exhausted when it gets to be bedtime that you will be able to be rejuvenated and given the same amount of energy that night for the next day. Hmm. I mean, if you don't use it all up, Every every single day, you might not get that much given to you the next day. And then you keep on watching and you generate a little bit further down, then you ain't worth nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and you know from my time clock uh, uh, how, much, uh, how much of it I burn every day. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, when you think back, you know, about your life, is there anything you should have done, like a missed opportunity that, darn, I wish I'd done that, kind of, or... or Every day. <laughs> in, anything in particular? Well, uh, yeah, a lot of times uh, I, I will, uh, I, I, I am pretty quick on, uh, on giving a tongue lashing if I feel like it needs to be given, and... Sometimes I wish I had made it a little bit stronger. <laughs> Not have been quite so polite about it so that they get the point. <laughs> I thought I'd say something like, I, maybe I shouldn't have been so hard on them. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Why didn't I clobber them a little bit more verbally? <laughs> oh, Make them really understand what I'm thinking. <laughs> Tell me about the greatest love of your life. I think it's wood. <laughs> uh, because I spend more time with it than I do most anything else. But truly, uh, if you if you have the opportunity to... Uh, engage the soul of individuals, they become a part of your life, and that, that is uh, what you live for. <laughs> well, you ask me a question, I'm going to give you what's coming off the top of my head. <laughs> uh -huh. um, okay, what's the secret to your longevity? Do you work out each day? Meanness! <laughs> Come on now, watch your diet, stay away from smoking, drinking, what is it? And it darn sure isn't meanness. That, that doesn't keep you young. I don't smoke and I don't drink and I exercise regularly and I don't eat probably at all correctly unless Bill fixes it. <laughs> or Lynn gritches at me about not having eaten. What inspires you at this age? What keeps you going? Uh, just about everything. The, um, uh, the, the idea of being grateful uh, for, 
I guess, all kind of favors. And any time you open up a limb and there's there's something gorgeous in there and you want to to enhance it and get it to the point that it can bring joy to somebody else, um, that's, uh, that's inspiration enough for me. If you could do it over again, is there anything you would change? Probably everything. <laughs> <laughs> Any one specific thing? No. Uh-uh. Because I, uh, <clears throat> uh, I, I, I try to live every day uh, to the absolute fullest capability that I can muster up. And I have uh, followed the premise of I do lose my temper. I have a real short fuse, and I lose my temper just on a very regular basis. But I try to allow myself only about 15 minutes to be just boiling over, insanely angry. And then uh, I get that out of my system, and I'm ready to go again. <laughs> Looking at uh, today's world, what would you like to change about it? I don't know that you can change the world. But if you could, if you had all the power in the world. I don't think you could. And <laughs> the damn question. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't think you could change the whole world. And so why bother to think about it? <laughs> um, you can change, you can probably affect... Uh, uh, it's just like, okay, uh, if you're talking about the big ocean and you drop one little pebble in it, that's not going to change the ocean and the way the waves move in and out because we don't, we, we don't have control over that. So I don't even bother to think that big. <laughs> I don't mind throwing a pebble into my little pond <laughs> and making as many ripples there as I possibly well, like can. I got a real big sack of pebbles. (laughs) Um, Who do you think will be remembered as the most influential person of your generation, and why is that? I haven't contemplated it, and I really don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. So there, Deborah. She probably won't hear this tape. Um, was there anyone who had a particular influence on your life, a role model kind of person? Uh, yes, my father. Ah. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, he was a, a very quiet uh, uh, and and not a very vocal individual, but all of his um, uh, emotion uh, was read and felt in his face and the tone of voice, and he was an extremely caring individual. Uh, and and uh, he didn't carry his emotions on his sleeve, but, but he was of such gentle spirit that people felt very comfortable and, uh, uh, and, and, and uh, very cared. He was a very caring person, so the individuals that he was around felt that he uh, that he cared for him deeply. How would you like people to remember you? <laughs> As an old goat. <laughs> and just what does that mean? That's meaner than a yard bird. 
and ready to whoop you anytime you look like you're going to cross my path. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're probably going to remember that. Uh, uh, I'll tangle with the devil. <laughs> you know, the title of the book, I want to be character lines, and, and my thought about that was that a lot of times you can look in people's faces and you can see a lot of what they've been through. Um, is there any particular line in your face that, that kind of depicts that? I haven't bothered to stand in front of a mirror long enough to know. <laughs> I, I tell my person that cuts my hair, I want to be able to put a brush through it in the morning and not think about it again until the next morning. <laughs> and so I don't pay any more attention to my face than I do my hair. <laughs> anything you would want to say or anything you'd want to pass on or anything you'd want to talk about? No. Nothing? Mm -mm. You got nothing on your mind? Well, I mean, I have. My mind stays so full and so busy and I have a hard time corralling each one of the little thoughts to where it'll be coherent. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this Small Town Life podcast. We'll be back again soon with another episode.